What's up, everybody? I'm TJ. And I'm Kelsey. And we are the, the Nashville, Nashville Wine Duo. Duo. What's up, everybody? What's up? We are doing our podcast again. I know. It's a fun one this week because it's like a remote one. Yeah. This is our first actual remote no, it's not. podcast. Well, with video and everything. With video, like, yeah. yes. Okay. And it, we couldn't be more happy to have this be like yeah. the, the one that breaks us in. So we love Markham Vineyard Wines. Mm -hmm. And it is an honor to have the winemaker herself, yes. Kim Nichols. <laughs> Kim. Hi, <laughs> Welcome. I'd rather, I'd rather be remote and be in Nashville. That I is a city I love. Yeah, have you been I've here been before? There, maybe four times now. So about every two okay. years. About every two years. Okay. And what do you come to town for? To have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever been on? Boots? Have you ever been on one of the party buses oh, and no, stuff? <laughs> no? no, I mean. You know, I, I come to buy cowboy boots. I, um, mm. the last time I was in town, I can't remember where I want, went, but me and two of my girlfriends, we went in and the gentleman literally knew what each boot that we were wearing was. And we all walked out with new boots. Oh, wow. Oh, that's yeah, cool. It was, it was a good time. That's cool. Well, now that COVID's open, you know, it's done with and, and the uh, cities are opening up, a lot of winemakers and stuff are coming to Nashville to do dinners and everything like yeah. that. So maybe one day you'll come back and do I something here. I definitely come back. And I like one of the best meals that I had when I was in Nashville was um, we went to Catbird Seat and it really was one of the best oh, meals yeah. of my life. Wow, I'm jealous. I still haven't done that, but the people that do it say it's just like it's incredible. So yeah, it was fun. That's great. So we want to dive into you and your story, Kim. Why don't you um, just tell us how you got into the wine industry and yeah, what you love about wine and how you ended up at Marco? Yeah, well, I think that you'll find like the more uh, winemakers that you talk to that you will probably see um, that everyone was kind of maybe headed down a medical path and my path, I had an uncle who was a dentist and I thought he was amazing and I wanted to take after him. So, uh, that's really what I was doing. And then I realized like chemistry is not really my bag, like not really great at that. So maybe I could, um, you know, maybe not be a full medical doctor, but, um, my, my boyfriend at the time, my husband now certainly was, um, well, you could always like get into the wine industry cause he grew up around here. And I will say that uh, a couple of weekends ago, we just celebrated our 34th wedding anniversary. So, uh, yeah, congratulations. Uh, <laughs> And, you know, I've been here at Markham for 30 years now. So I started in the lab and then I um, worked my way up to winemaker in 2001. But uh, yeah, in June, uh, 30 years ago, I started here at Markham. So I've been here ever since. I, I love our vineyard sourcing here at the winery. Um, we've got 260 acres of sustainable land that we farm. So it's, it's a pretty 
cool and interesting job for sure. What are some of the biggest challenges you think with like winemaking, like being a winemaker? Well, I think, you know, in the beginning it's, you know, you're one of the few women, although, you know, being a woman, I know way more women who are winemakers. I feel like than necessarily I know male winemakers because we do stick together. Um, and, you know, so in the beginning, some of those things are like, am I having difficulty, you know, getting through just because um, I'm female or is it because, you know, I don't necessarily, I didn't go to UC Davis. So, you know, I'm, I'm wondering if that's, if that was part of it, but, you know, still to this day, I, I see some of that as far as when I go to a tasting, if my husband goes with me and I stand behind a table, you know, people will come up and ask him about the wine. And, and he oh, literally yeah. just turned to me and goes, well, you should ask my wife because she's the winemaker. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's those kind of things, but I think it's certainly made me a better um, businesswoman because I am not afraid to ask for what I want. So um, you said there's 250 yes. acres. Yes. Right. And it's sustainably Correct. farmed. So, about, um, well, about 15 years ago, we started, um, under, you know, not understanding we knew before then, but, um, we went through the process to certify all of our vineyards that we own, uh, be sustainable. So that's, you know, not using, um, anything bad, not using any roundup all over the place. So we're, trying to um, not disc everything all the time, managing our water usage, all of these types of things. And then um, about a decade ago, the winery itself, which is a, was built in 1879. It is nearly oh, wow. 150 years old. So um, we got our green certification here at the winery. Uh, and, you know, we're very proud of, of all the work that we do. Um, to maintain that. And we've just recently changed to the um, California Sustainable Wine Alliance. So uh, a process that we have to go through every year to better ourselves, both in the vineyards and uh, here at the winery. What's What are like the qualifications to get to do that uh, every you know, year? It, it is really, um, there is <laughs> so many things that you can do. You know, sometimes they're the big things you talk about, like solar panels or some something like that. But within the winery, some it could be as simple as just putting automatic light switches on so that they go off. And, and we did that a long time ago. So it's just a matter of doing more and more and more things, um, both for the vineyards and here at the winery as well. So um, a lot of our packaging, like I have a, I have a bottle sitting on my desk here, of um, Chardonnay, but all of our, well, it's empty, uh, but um, all of, you know, <laughs> we try to use like kind of a mid-weight bottle. So we're not using um, super heavy glass on the wine that we ship around the country. And that allows us to like keep a million bottles from going into the landfill every year, just on saving that extra hundred grams of weight, um, you know, use all, using locally produced product and not shipping in um, glass from China or, um, you know, the corks come from, are shipped in raw from, you know, Portugal or Spain, but, you know, 
that's a small amount of my packaging. Hmm. So we opened up mm, the Merlot. My <laughs> and that's what we found out after diving down the Markham yeah. you know, rabbit hole that you guys are known for your Merlot. Because we first tried it. Well, you know, TJ, he's a GM at a wine bar here and they brought Markham into the wine bar and I tried it. And literally it's like I order the cab like almost every time I go. I mean, now I'm going to be transitioning a little bit more into like whites and rosés and such. But all this last winter, I mean, I was just like, I love this wine. And I would even you know, like just get other people to come try it. And they were all like, this, this wine just tastes like such an expensive, like good wine, you know? And so then I, then when we found out about the Merlot, it's like, oh, that's mm-hmm. really cool. Cause I'm like, they're really known for the Merlot, but I fell in love with the cab. So. Yeah. So how long has the vineyard been producing Merlot? Okay. And we haven't tried it yet. Yeah. Yet. We haven't tried it yet. We've been so, waiting for you. So. Uh, <laughs> the winery's been producing Merlot since 1980. So we, I okay. think we were the fourth, fourth producer of Merlot here in Napa Valley. So the wine that you have in front of you is probably our 40th bottling. And so wow. you know, for a little bit, have you been out to Napa before? Okay. So no, Napa's kind of a, a long, skinny valley. And at the north end, you have Calistoga. And at the south end, you have the town of Napa down in, and that touches the San Francisco Bay, the San Pablo Bay is um, the Carneros region. So if I get Merlot from down in Carneros, to me, it tastes very kind of like zippy, like almost an underripe raspberry, very bright. Um, and then as I move mm-hmm. up valley, so if you just think about the, the fog that comes in and off the San Francisco Bay, you're going to see more cooling about halfway up the valley, which is Yachtville. But for me, the flavor profile in Merlot kind of changes and it changes to like kind of a sour pie cherry into a Bing cherry, into a, a cassis or plum flavors, all the way up to blackberry and currants as you get up into Calistoga, just due to that 10 degree temp- temperature fluctuation in the ripening. But lucky that we've been making Merlot for so long because, you know, Merlot does tend to be a very um, large cluster with a little bit larger berry. And so, you know, we've been making it for a long time and it can be a little bit finicky to grow out in the vineyard. Um, And as well as, you know, you really want to make sure that sunlight gets all the way around the berry. So you have to make sure that you pull leaves and let sun get in there because otherwise it's going to have you know, green characteristics that I think people don't like about Merlot. So when you find a good one, you know, mm. you know where to stay. So taste it. Yeah. Tell me what you think. <laughs> okay, we're going we're to taste it. Yay. Well, and while we taste it. Mm. So I think you should get like some really like, you know, mm. cherry berry pie sort of characteristics. You might get a little bit of you know, kind of that, the oak component that might even give you like a nutmeg coffee cake, um, characteristic, maybe a, wow, this is so good. Yeah. We were looking at all the varietals that kind of support the Merlot Uh blend in this. And you can really tell that they add a lot to, um, the structure of it. It's really, oh, I love this Merlot. It's so good. So <laughs> I'm glad know, I it gets really you know, fleshy. And I think Merlot is just a sexy bridal where, 
you know, Cabernet can be sometimes a little bit hard. Um, Marla was, she's, mm -hmm. she's your girlfriend. She's so fun. So this is so good. And so I want to ask you, I'm sure you have insight into this because obviously you know about sideways and Merlot and it getting a bad rep and all of this. I mean, I think a big part of that is because people have had such, pardon my language, shitty Merlot. I mean, I know that there was, I've had shitty Merlot when you go out to like a restaurant and you're just like, you order it and it's like, you can just tell like, it's not, it's not well made. I don't know, but this is like fabulous. This mm. almost, this puts a lot of other Merlot I've had to like complete shame. And I, I think people gave up on Merlot because of the bad rep, but it's like, well, Thank this you. is incredible. If people were to drink, yeah, if people were to drink this, I think they'd be like, oh, I actually really like Merlot. <laughs> I think a lot of people just haven't had, you know, haven't tried the good stuff. Or it, in recent years, I know it's really kind of making a comeback from what we've talked to winemakers about. Because, um, you know, it's it's one of the most widely used grapes and, in the and wine a industry. a lot of areas so, of the world, not just, you know, here in Napa. Yeah. Um, yeah, Merlot is a great, it's a great drinking wine. It's a great food wine. It goes with such a wide variety of food. And being that we've been making it for 40 years, you know, we, we have a loyal clientele that follows us. And so, you know, none of, none of that ever affected our brand. So, you know. See, because it's so good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, that was that was my question: is how did you guys survive when Merlot was tanking and nobody wanted to drink Merlot? Yeah, you guys kept kept growing it and producing it. Like, what was uh, that you know like? What? It, I just anytime anyone like would bring that up, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about because we don't have that problem here. <laughs> you know, we're we're just making. Wow. You know, we know we know what we're doing. And, you know, if you know how to grow yeah. it and, and you know how to, um, you know, work with it when it comes in, then it makes your job a lot easier, especially when you have as amazing vineyards as we have, you know, kind of lo located up and down the valley. And, you know, when I first got into the wine industry, um, it seemed like we were kind of um, the valley was starting to be replanted at that point. And um, it was getting the right varietals in the right location. So, you know, if you just, I mean, you think about it. I mean, you have a garden at home, I'm sure. And so therefore, you know, you know that you want your tomatoes to be in a certain location because they're going to do better. They're going to get more sunlight or, you know, they're going to have, you know, a, a more, um, more moisture in the ground. So it's kind of the same with a, with a wine grape. You kind of want to pair what you're trying to do with where you're going to plant it in the ground. And so um, that's something that I think we have a, a leg up on, on growing Merlot for sure. Wow. That's incredible. It is really incredible. I love all the structure to it. Mm -hmm. It's got a lot of structure. This wine does. Um, yeah. There's a lot going on with it. Like you get, go on this ride with it. <laughs> and, that's, and that's kind of the really fun like thing it. I think about wine is, um, you know, not only, you know, especially, and I, and I encourage people, you know, when you open, um, a bottle of wine, even if you're a novice to really, um, like if you have someone that you can discuss it with, so, cause we all smell things differently. And just because I say cherry doesn't mean mm -hmm. that's what you're going to smell. And, you know, as a winemaker, I get asked to write tasting notes on my wines all of the time. And I'm like, well, it's kind of yeah. like a personal thing of how I think it is. 
But the more that you can talk, you know, maybe my cherry is your cranberry. And, you know, so there are different um, things. And if you just when you open a bottle of wine, if you can, you know, talk about it for 30 or 60 seconds, you in, in and of itself, you will become a better taster because you'll hear that, you know, exactly what I said, that your cherry is the next person's strawberry, which is the other person's, you know, raspberry. And, you know, then you'll find out what that person likes. So when you have a bottle of wine, you're like, I know what you're going to like because I had one the other day. And so. Mm hmm. Yeah. So you're like you're saying that there's not just like one like, you know, set in stone right kind of way to answer, you know, how the wine. No, smells. it's like it can be and different I, I for think different that people. That's what yeah. makes wine like the most. Um, it, it's what scares people when they want to talk about wine with you is they feel like there's a right or wrong answer. And I felt that way because I didn't go to Davis. I certainly felt like I need to know um, exactly how to, you know, describe this bottle of wine. But then you realize um, soon enough that we all taste things differently. So even with my, my team, I have an all-female winemaking team here at the winery. Uh, and when I taste together with them, uh, and we like to taste together because I think it makes our wines better, um, for the consumers, because it's not just one person making all of the decisions. We're making it together as a team. And when we open a bottle mm -hmm. of wine, we, mm. we try to taste by ourselves quietly. And then, and then we open it up because, you know, a lot of times I'll go, no, 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 don't leave the witness. And so we'll, we'll want to like have you know our own personal thoughts that we can bring to the table that's great wow yeah so how many people are on staff uh, well, at Markham? my winemaking team composes of my assistant winemaker and my enologist who's my chemist um so the three of us and then my cellar master is involved um as well if if he wants to at any point. So, you know, the four of us will taste and make decisions. Wow. What does the job of a cellar master do? <laughs> say, I don't even know. Honest, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have um, 6,000 barrels here at the winery. So he has to manage all of that. Um, when we decide, you know, our blends that we're putting together. So right now we're really in our um, blending and bottling season. We're actually not bottling today. Otherwise it would be too loud here in my office. But um, when um, we're doing that, you know, I will put together the blends and he will make it happen with our seller team. Um, he, we have to top barrels on a monthly basis when you have so many barrels and you have wine in them. We will, he'll bring the barrels down and he'll top them. And, you know, we, t we tend to call him the boss. I mean, he's very bossy. And so, you know, my cellar master, <laughs> you know, pretty much tells me what he needs. Um, and I, I feel like I should be doing it, but I'm happy to have someone tell me what to do. <laughs> awesome. Sounds like everybody needs a cellar master in their life. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's really cool. I've never like had anybody explain it. So, I mean, I'm sure I've like watched stuff when I've watched wine documentaries and things like that, but I haven't had anybody explain the actual job description. 6,000 6, yeah. barrels. It's a few. I know. Wow. 
That's a lot. That's <laughs> a lot of barrels. And he, and he well, has I to mean, watch all of he's them. He's got a team. To make sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. He's got a team, too. Wow. So, okay. So, our, our, so our um, team is, is, including myself, uh, I believe we're about 12 people. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, that always kind of amazes me when we talk to these wineries, too. You, like, you think that it's going to be like a like a 30, 40 person job or something. And then you find out it's, it's not a massive team at most of them. And I, I don't know. I think it's cause like, I guess you don't need as many people as you think. I mean, you need people, but not you know, 40 people. I don't know. Cause when you need most of the people, it's when you do the harvesting, exactly. that's when you bring, bring in the extra people. people right? And, you know, and, yeah. and, and I think that a lot of us have very um, well organized and thought out facilities. Um, you know, granted our facilities old and, we, you know, when they rebuilt around the old stone cellar, you need know, to kind of take these processes into account. So like outside my office window, you know, is the crush pad and the wine, you know, the grapes come in to be fermented and then they go on to barrels and then they come back out to be blended and then into the bottling line, which is below me here at the winery. So it's kind of, it is a process. Okay. It's a dance. It's a dance. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, there's kind of a timing for everything when you, you know, make wine. You know that, you know, you're probably going to be bottling, you know, Cabernet that you have in front of you or the cab that you had in, in January. And then I know that May, I usually call Merlot, is bottled in the month of May. So that's when we're typically doing that. Um, and then, you know, doing the Chardonnay. Usually we do the Chardonnay bottling, um, you know, in July or August. Okay. So, um, you yourself personally, and I guess your husband too, do you all drink mostly Markham or do you oh, gosh, drink am other I wines to say that too? out loud? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I think you can. <laughs> uh, of course we drink a lot of Markham. Um, but we do drink other wines as well, for sure. Um, I, I cannot, uh, keep me away from a good bottle of bubbles. So, I, I like bubbles. Oh, I like yeah. rosé. My husband loves Sauvignon Blanc. So, yeah, we, we like all of it. What's your go-to bubbles? Well, I will drink anything French for the most part. Um, but we have a, a sister winery up in Oregon called Argyle. So, you know, that's easy. That's very easy for me to come by. I love that, too. I just tried Ar- Argyle. 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 Yes. Yeah. Argyle. I tried their nice. bubbles uh, last week. Delish. Yes. Really, really nice. Really nice. We have big bubbles people yeah, we love too. Bubbles. Yeah. We're always looking for a good bubble bubble. Yeah. So, well, cool. So tell us what um, do you see coming on the future for wine and winemaking yeah. and kind of what do you kind of forecast where do you see the industry and, and just that world kind of going and trending and you feel stuff? like it's changing. Yeah. I mean, it's always changing. I guess. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Markham as a whole will continue. I mean, I started here and we were making two Merlots. Uh, and then, you know, three years ago I found I'm making, you know, five or six Merlot blends. And this year I will make, and or release like 14 Merlot blends. So Merlot is a huge part of our future. I mean, it's not something that we're shying away from. We believe in it. We love it. 
Um, but it's difficult because, you know, here, um, you know, a lot of people are, are pulling out older vines and they're putting Cabernet back in. So, you know, we're trying to be like, raw, raw, Merlot. Um, so that, so that we can, you know, continue to make it. Um, I think what's fun for me and, and my, my staff here, even if it doesn't all make it out to maybe where you're at, um, we do a lot of cool, fun stuff in-house and that's, um, it makes it fun for the team, but at the same time, we still have the big bottlings like the Merlot, like the Cab, like the Chardonnay, like the Sauvignon Blanc. Those are, those are big bottlings for us here. Um, and so, you know, doing the little things that we do for the tasting room, like we, I wear cowboy boots a lot during harvest because, you know, I never know when I'm going to meet in the vineyard. And so that protects my ankles. And um, so we released a wine called Blue Boots just for our tasting room here. And our label, the Cannoneer, had, had Blue Boots on. So I think doing more of like those kind of fun things is um, exciting for us. We make only, you know, kind of available here in what we call our, you know, direct to consumer DTC tasting room. Um, we do a lot of those kind of things where we're just exploring different um appellations which are like kind of little semi-regions here in napa that have kind of distinct soil and climate with them so that the varietal like i was telling you where the merlot tastes like you know raspberries and carnero so we're doing some of those bottling so people can you know see what that tastes like as an individual varietal and so um i think just kind of looking to see what consumers like because we Certainly like years ago when I started, you know, being able to afford to go out to a fine dining, I realized that people were so connected to the food and where it was grown and, and they were, you know, writing those on the menu. So that's kind of where we've gone, um, you know, moving forward, looking, you know, with our sustainability and, and trying to really, you know, list the names of the growers on the bottles and doing more single vineyard designates, so to speak. Here we call them Mark Parcels, but... Um, yeah, just having fun. Always. That's what it's all about. Having fun. Yeah. <laughs> very cool. And wine is very fun. Yeah. Sounds like it. Sounds like you need to come visit. <laughs> we do need. We're, we're... So like we started our whole thing, Instagram, all that. We started that like literally like two months before the pandemic hit. And, you know, obviously everything kind of shut down and we were like if we're gonna ever do california napa we want to wait till it's like completely over you know what i mean because we want to experience how it it is normally experienced um so because we were even going around to vineyards in georgia during that time because that was like all you could do is hang out outside and a lot of them they would give you the wine to go and you'd hang out outside and everything like that but you know we did a lot of that but we've always wanted to come visit oh yeah yeah, we've met so many people in the industry in California and like, um, it's just, I mean, we need to go. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, we appreciate Thank your you. time so much and telling us about Markham and everybody check out Markham Vineyards, try their wine. Try the Merlot. Yeah, I mean the Merlot. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. We love your wine. We appreciate you, you so CJ. much, Kim. Thank you, Thank you for hanging out. Yeah. Oh, tell, say where they can find them on a... Uh... Where are they on the social medias? Yeah. 
Well, I think it's Markham, Markham Vineyards, yeah. Markham Vineyards, right? We, you can find us on yeah. okay. Facebook and Facebook Instagram. Facebook and Instagram. 100%. All right. Yep. And we'll tag you all too, so don't worry about it. We'll tag so they can all find right. you. So. Yes. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Cheers, Kim. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank <appreciate> you. <laughs> uh-huh. Bye. Thank you sure. so much.